Welcome to the seventh overall third episode of Guys Being Dudes Radio. Today we have a coach's cast for you with Coach and Tex-Mex talking rowing the entirety of the podcast. All on this week's episode of Guys Being Dudes Radio. It's your host, Tex-Mex, and the coach. We got a, a soft coach's cast. Uh, I say soft because it's only a full coach's cast when we get a J-O-B. But, um, yeah, this, this is our first... Uh, this is actually only our third not Twin Peaks-related episode this season. Um, so we're not going to talk about Twin Peaks. Sorry to disappoint all of you. I know all of our listeners are probably a little disappointed. Hey, we've doubled in listeners. I don't know if you know that. We've 100% I do not increased. know that. Our, our estimated listener base was two, and now it's four. Um, wow. We're going to break 300 listens here in a couple of uh, weeks, which, you know, 300 listens is pretty terrible for a year of podcasting. I just want to float that out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we don't, uh, you know... What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, apply. We're not relevant. We're not relevant to most people's lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't do anything that is whatsoever uh, desirable to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. We. I mean, uh, we don't talk about. Yeah. Anything. Anything worthwhile, truly, <laughs> and certainly not from an informed opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's really funny because whenever I scroll through the the page, it's like, "Hey, do you want to monetize your channel?" I'm like, "For for what? Like a penny?" <laughs> <laughs> Please give me that. Let's let's sell out, man. Let's sell out. Yeah, I mean, everybody everybody on Spotify gets like a fucking thirty minute ad. <laughs> and we see Wendy's send yeah, the we, check. We see like five cents a year on it. God. No, um, yeah. How's how's a uh, speaking of a year? How is your uh? How did the from when this started to now? It's been about a year of COVID. It's literally been an exact year, pretty much. Um, how did you think it would last this long? Like, so did, when did it was you, originally that two yeah. week, that first two week shutdown, right? I definitely thought it was going to be longer than that. I'm like, for one, it's the government anytime they tell us something we've got to at least double it right yeah second it was just like this is a pandemic it's not just gonna go away overnight especially since everyone else is stupid yeah but man never thought in a million years it would go for an entire year yeah of just avoidable shit too oh oh absolutely i mean like I think it makes me the angriest like if there was nothing we could have done if we really tried and but it's like we had a year of presidential bullshit that just like science denying not just wear fucking no don't put you i don't want to wear a muzzle like what in what world does wearing a mask like infringe on your rights i don't that's what bothers me the most like how does what does it do what is what is wearing a mask so bad for yeah i mean like so i for the critique i coach they um i as it was uh, impending and like nothing was being done uh, like in, I, cause we, I mean, it was ready in like the, the zeitgeist, at least by January, December, like people were talking about this Chinese virus 
and like yeah, no one thought I was going to get out of China. Yeah, and then but it like got to Italy. <laughs> as soon as it hit Europe, um, and the United States wasn't really doing anything precautionary. Um, I, w- I I told the the team I was like, yeah, we're we're absolutely headed toward like shutting down <laughs> school and everything. Like, we need a plan just in case. And they're like, I really don't th-. like. I mean, they're kids. Yeah. 18 they're adults they're 18 uh to to 22 but like 23 yeah um they're like yeah i don't think we, we need a plan coach i think we're gonna be fine um you know snap to the middle of like literally in the middle of a practice you know the, the, uni- <laughs> yeah, the university yeah. shuts down dc shuts down it's all done um but like I, I wrote a letter that's on their website just like when the shutdown happened saying like you know we don't know how long this is going to last. I'm very proud of the team, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully we can, you know, have some semblance of like normalcy by fall 2020. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. It's like, okay, at least we'll get, we'll, we're losing our spring. Let's move on to a fall. We'll just have to rebuild the team a little bit. Hey, I was practice today. I'm watching yeah. the girls row. And it's like, we've done, we've done a couple weeks now of kind of half-ass training where yeah. not the whole team shows up. You know, it's only we can only have 20 kids there because that's the only ergs we have right now. Um, so it's like I'm just keeping it light on them 30 minutes or 40 minutes max. Like we've had one sprint day in three weeks just because I don't know who's going to show up on what days. Yeah. Sometimes it's boys and girls, sometimes it's just girls, sometimes it's just whatever. Um, I was like, I was watching them row erg, and it's like, well, they look really good. And then you get behind their screens, and you're like, oh God, we're screwed. <laughs> Like they missed a year of training. They are so slow. Um Okay. So the uh th- that's the thing though, like I where we are now with like the shitty half training is expect I was expecting like, oh, not in August, not in September, but like maybe in November, December we'll be back to shitty training. I didn't expect it to take another couple of months and like i you know it, it's it's difficult to talk about the the whole pandemic because we're an apolitical podcast and apparently science is political now um <laughs> <laughs> that makes me angry too yeah it's just nuts like uh i like that especially because like especially in like last year in the spring and in the summer it was like hey if um, everybody just skips spring break and summer break, you know, truly and doesn't go and party and shit. And like, we just do like a two week countrywide lockdown. We could just wear a mask. We could just, yeah, we could just nip this in the bud and then everybody wears a mask for a month and like, we'll be smooth sailing. But, um, you know, we didn't do any of that. And uh, uh, there's still like, uh, I think the bear pointed this out in the discord like there's still like a lot of people dying pretty much daily from from the virus and um, it's I mean it, it's no clearer to me uh, than when interacting with people uh, who like have known somebody who's got a serious case of COVID or, or passed away from COVID or COVID related or whatever um, like how some people are like so quick to be dismissive of this whole thing. And then it like impacts them and they're like, wow, we really need to be taking this more seriously. And it's like, 
you know, you were posting fucking pictures like going to spring break during all the like announcements and stuff saying like don't go to spring break. Like um it's that that that's all wild, man. I I'm I'm hopeful we we have to practice under a different organization. Uh and there's only like seven kids rowing right now, but fuck it's something man <laughs> yeah it is we we got our docs in. we got a we got most of our docs in on saturday we'll yeah. do the rest this weekend so we'll actually be we'll be in eights hopefully on monday provided our launch engines actually show up and work yeah our high schools are up and running um yeah. te- technically i could put my ragtag group into like fours and stuff but i really don't i think if anything i'll just let them use my single and like take turns and stuff i i don't I don't know. I don't think we have a launch ready right now. Uh, oh, how about this? I, that's the thing is, I, I just wanted to ask you about COVID, but we're in rowing. Let's talk about rowing. We can, oh, we can circle back. I'm always down to talk about rowing, man. Um, the uh, first good rowing podcast because I've listened to all of them and they all suck. <laughs> the university I uh, coached under used to be listed as Acra, like an Acra school. So for our two listeners, uh, there's more or less in collegiate rowing two uh, organizations. Uh, it's like the the organization. What, what's the name of the organization? All the varsity programs are under just IRAs. IRAs. Okay. Well, it's, so there's like- there's the varsity organization, and then there's the organization that kicked the clubs. Uh, they are the organization that kicked the clubs out because Michigan was winning too much. They're like, well, yeah. all these. All the Ivy League schools are sick of losing to Michigan, so those club teams better get out of here. Yeah. And again, to the two listeners here, men's rowing is not an NCAA sport, so there's a lot of weird stuff with what's actually varsity and what's actually club. It's a whole messy thing that doesn't really make much sense. It, it basically, like, the distinguishing thing, my understanding is it's the amount of investment from the school and then also if the organization is technically – student run or not um yeah. I mean, a varsity team or not a varsity team it's just yeah. the, the issue is that men's rowing is an ncaa so like the divisions aren't quite the same yeah you'll get teams like michigan that's a club team that at any other campus would probably be picked up to a varsity team because they're self-sufficient and all this shit yeah and they're really freaking good yeah and and, oh, and, yeah. and they're not they just sit there as a club team so so the ira um not a terrorist organization uh, in this case. Uh, basically, w- like if anybody was going to issue anything that like varsity teams paid attention to, men's varsity teams, it would be a statement from them, theoretically, right? Yes. Regarding COVID. Like Same that's the national it. championship. Right, right. And ACRA, theoretically, if it was on top of its stuff, would issue something as well regarding clubs. But I think they're both just deferring to U.S. rowing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the the thing is like the university I, I, i'm with they're you know they're pretty terrible they're down they're 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 worse than penn state where we uh, formerly rode uh, although now currently if we want to talk <laughs> about penn state <laughs> <laughs> i think i've got more water time and, and erg time than penn state but even though penn state has like technically penn state has you know four times the resources my team does but uh the we were removed from the acra listing as like a, a as an associated team so I, like this is the second time i've reached out i reached out at the beginning before covid and then i was like i don't care 
Like it, the, the fucking world's on fire. Like I don't need to bother these people. And you know, it's been a year and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I'll bother them. And I reached out and they're like, Oh yeah, you just must've not been on the website. Our bad. <laughs> Pretty much what it came down to. Cause they're like, Oh, technically you have to like, th- there's not dues, which is weird. It's like, they expect you to attend the championship, but like they list over a hundred schools. And I know not mo- most of those schools never attend the championship. Uh, the Acker like, championship is actually relatively small. It's very small. Um, so I have, I have no idea how, how they say that. And then technically the, the championship has been canceled the last two years. So if that's the only way they do it <laughs> there are no acro schools right now right um but yeah that that, that was my my latest endeavor I, i'm in like god i i hate it so much i'm in meetings now like I, I have like four meetings total this week about getting back on the water safely with like a bunch of different organizations and like sub organizations it's wicked annoying it's like just follow us rowing guys like it's not that hard yeah i mean unless you've got like my team actually one of our parents uh is a, like an epidemiologist, basically. I don't remember exact job title, but like his job is to study killer viruses. Yep, yep. And so it's like, he gives us our advice. So we actually, we follow U.S. rowing guidelines on top of what he tells us we should actually be doing because U.S. rowing guidelines are BS anyways. Yeah. But so for anybody listening, if you're a rowing coach uh, in Boston, our epidemiologist says, it's safe to row eight. Everyone needs to have their mask on. Coxon should have a face shield with it. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Um, there you go. God, I. Yeah. So, so the the, I mean, technically, right now, with the seven rowers I have, they're pretty much the same size as when I st- joined the team. <laughs> um, last, I mean, last last fuck i don't even know last year was like a boon for us recruiting wise because like uh, they wanted you know go to championship races be faster and all that fun stuff and i'm like listen there's like 10 of you recruit like that's it i don't like (laughs) maybe we can put together a pair uh (laughs) like sell people the moon if you have to right like like be an army recruiter and just lie like you know fucking you need people and we got the team up to 20 people like the thing is our boathouse is bracketed so, like, over a certain amount is how much you pay, like, in dues, because it's, like, based on use. So, there's, yeah. like, in buckets or whatever. And we, like, almost cracked the first bucket. And I was like, wow, <laughs> good for us. And I was thinking back today, and I was like, we pretty much have almost the same amount of people as when I started, which isn't good. Like, it has to regrow and hopefully this fall, but... Oh, everybody's in that boat right now. Yeah. I am... Um... What, what about you? What's what, what are your opinions on the whole rowing stuff? I think it's fine. Like, I, I know there's a lot of confusion. It's just like, like you said, wear masks, you know, with, have the cocktail well, field. Here's my rant. All right. Let me pause this rowing video that I'm watching right now. Um, my rant starts in 1944 Germany. No. <laughs> Boys in the boat. Uh, um, no, so... We've been getting a bunch of bullshit. Like in the fall, we could only row singles, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. I get it. You know, I think it's on, at the end of the season, we got approved for doubles, but we told people like, Hey, if you're not comfortable, fine. Like we're not going to throw someone in double. That's uncomfortable with this. Yeah. We're not racing for anything. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So that's what, that's what our fall season was. It was social distanced, erging circuits and sculling crap. Yeah. 
And I was like, okay, fine, because the other teams weren't doing it. And then over the winter, I was like, well, can we practice inside? Like, we've got the ergs. Like, the school that we are in isn't – they're fully remote. So the classrooms literally aren't being used. And they were like, oh, we don't want to give you classrooms for this reason or this reason or this one. Just give me like, just give me a freaking classroom. Just let me go in the hallway. Like, we can social distance in the hallway. Yeah. And just like, we just got nothing from the school. Um, and some of it was like, we're a, not a varsity sport there. So like, there's some weird stuff there with the certain rules. It's all BI. Like, even our head mat, like this, for those of you that, this is not a private school. This is a oldest public school in the country. So they actually call their principal the headmaster. Um, if you want to sound real pretentious about it, but basically the principal's like, wait, these rules are really stupid. Why do we have that? Like even she was in agreement, but she couldn't just get rid of them willy nilly. Um, but so they've been like giving us a hard time about practicing and they eventually, they blocked off a part of the parking lot for us. We could practice outdoors in freaking February. Yeah. We, we've been outdoors. And it's like, it, you know, it's better than nothing, but it's like, geez, that sun goes down. It's a little windy out. It is brutal. Um, you know, New England winter here. Anyway, so like we're getting a hard time about that. Meanwhile, like months prior to this, the whole winter season, freaking basketball teams been having a real season. Like masked up, but they are – they competed. They had a, I'm pretty sure BLS's basketball team won the state championship or whatever league championship they're in. <laughs> so they just had a contact indoor sport. <laughs> Meanwhile, my outdoor sport where no one has to be anywhere near each other was not allowed to practice in an indoor setting. I've just been so livid about that. And then – so now we're getting close to getting on the water, and they've been giving us a hard time about whether or not we should be rowing eights or not. It's like – you're letting the football team practice. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 our high schools have some like confusion here too, because like DC, DC's like got them listed weird. Like this isn't like some archaic thing, you know, where the rules were written when, you know, people still owned other people legally. It's like DC, the mayor just isn't clear for, she has like a, obviously like high contact sports, you know, wrestling, whatever, and then low contact sports. And obviously rowing isn't something that people think about. So it's like, it's, it's not listed under either. Or like when it has, it was one time listed under high, but then it stopped appearing on the lists. So some high schools are practicing. Others aren't. It, it's, it's just like real janky. Um, also, it's not like the coast guard is going to go like pull over your boat. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, it's just, I just, like, tell me I can't row. That's fine. Like, I get it. They're breathing on each other. Like, super aerobic exercise like this. You know, oh, yeah. I, I realize that the people aren't on top of each other, but, like, they are next to each other for hours on end at a practice breathing on each other. Like, I don't care what mask you have on. You know, it's you're breathing pretty heavy and shit's going to get through. So, like, I get it. If people want to say, hey, it's too anaerobic with people breathing on each other. Yeah. Fine. Which is, I hate the hypocrisy of like, we've literally got the football team tackling each other. We've literally got the volleyball team indoors. The basketball team just had a league championship, yeah. but we can't be in an outdoor setting. The kissing and, team is, you know, doing two a days. Like, yeah. Cause they just make up, you know, be consistent with it. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Christ, the, 
so because there's so few of us, I think our I don't know I've US rowing. I think they've changed it like two or three times, but like I I haven't read the light, latest one about like pods and stuff, but like our our understanding or the the boathouse's understanding is that like you can do pods of up to ten, including the coach, and um, those pods are supposed to practice together. Blah blah blah. And that like everybody has to wear masks in the boat and, and all that fun stuff. But um, what I like, so our boathouse is predominantly masters and high schools and we're the only college. So yeah. I am um, like, it's just, uh, we're in like a super weird position because like, I think their university is almost completely online. I think it's like hybrid or something. You have like the choice of going in person. I don't know. Um, but like the, the kids who are here in DC and on the rowing team pretty much all live together. Like <laughs> they're already breathing the same air, like a hundred percent of the time, like cause college kids, it's different than like high school and like, yeah, you know, none of my kids live together. Yeah. Like they, outside, they outside of the twins, <laughs> yeah, they live together and I guarantee like I, I, I do my best to not see what they do on social media for professional reasons but i guarantee that they're all hanging out all the time like um they're college students we'd be doing the same thing right right (laughs) if we did like there'd be two houses and we'd all hang out at one house or the other if we were during covid right um which i'm sure that's what they're doing at penn state i wouldn't be surprised but like uh when i go to the the board and i'm like hey like i get that we want everybody to wear masks and and you know our pods and, and so forth but like all these kids live together and like are already breathing the same air and probably you know hooking up with each other too because you know crew teams uh, <laughs> like do you really like do i really you know need need them all wearing masks and stuff and, and like a, a, it's the if one of them gets sick like we're all out like we're all out for two weeks like, that's just what's going to happen because we're already one pod like I, it's not like I have to juggle several, you know, 40 people, 30 people. It's, I got seven kids. Um, <laughs> if, if one of them gets sick, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, wearing masks or not. Like we're shut down. Like, yeah. Two weeks at least. Um, some of them, I think some of them are vaccinated and some of them already had it. Um, it's, I, I actually got practice tomorrow morning. I think I, I just trying to keep that team alive. <laughs> It's all, it's all you want. can do right now. It's basically <laughs> like uh, my team's a lot more established than yours is. And even right now I'm like, I could, we're, we're going to race this season. Supposedly, you know, being on the Charles, we can go pick up a scrimmage whenever the hell we want. It's like, right. I literally couldn't care less at this point for one. We're going to be slow as hell. I don't care who we're racing. I think we're in a worse shape than a lot of other teams are just because being a BPS school, we got screwed by a lot of the public school stuff. Yeah. So a lot of teams have been training so it's like at this point all i want them to do is just be happy with being in a boat and then next year we'll start worrying about rebuilding pretty much man that's the we're in the same space uh do i have it written down here i don't i don't remember they're doing sprints tomorrow oh they're doing a pyramid they're doing the 4k pyramid uh yeah i i so they had spring break too last week but like the school didn't call it spring break they called it wellness week <laughs> uh which is like i get it i like you don't want to endorse the you know people going places and stuff but it's just like it's it's the spring the break that happens in spring but you know whatever floats their boat man i uh 
I don't think I, Acker's already been canceled for 2021. I assume that we're not. I mean, we're not getting any championships this year. Um. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we'll be lucky if head of the trials happens in the fall. But... At that point, yeah, I'm hoping that we'll get some semblance of normalcy back for the summer once people actually get vaccinated. They'll have to like. That would require people to actually get vaccinated. There's, there's that, but that's the thing too. Is like, like the the thing with with rowing is at least in the fall too. It's head races, so people are. I don't know if that would mean because that's the, the 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 places you're worried about people interacting is the dock, like more or less. Like assuming yeah. each team is taking care of its own shit, like it's the dock. So. I, we just have like longer centers. <laughs> I don't know. Make people wear masks until they're in the water. Well, probably just you know limit capacity as well. Like maybe Heather Charles doesn't need to be the biggest race in the world this year. <laughs> like make it American teams only. You know maybe instead of fifty million Masters races, you cut that down a bit, and also maybe instead of the eighty person races, it's you know who retained a bid. That top forty people, you get to come. Congratulations. Which would be great because I have a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We we I if if my plan was if last year went well was to like they weren't gonna fucking win dad veils or anything good. It was just that like, oh, we're at a point where we could go to dad veils, which okay, so for the people who don't know, there isn't again, because we're a club, there's not a unified kind of championship on the women's side theoretically you have the ncaa championship but like not all women's teams are varsity and eh, ncaa's is the national championship for women acker right. for women is yeah eh. for club women that's i mean that's it i mean that yeah. that are well no but women's is ncaa so it's a lot more yeah. standardized yeah it is it is but like on the men's side and i have both so but on the men's side i'd say like on the men's club side, it's you have Acker and Dad Vales. And Dad Vales is kind of like a, one varsity team shows up. Um, no, there's plenty of varsity teams at Vales. A, a handful, a scoop, a helping. Um, good quality ones, put it that yeah, way. Yeah. There's not, not a ton, but there's very good ones there. Yeah. Not not the ones that are going to like win IRA, but like good good schools. They'll go to IRAs, <laughs> but yeah, they won't win it. They won't, yeah. Uh, so we got Dad Vales, which is in Philadelphia, on a, a bad race course. You know, don't at me. And, it is a terrible race course. <laughs> um, with a lot of history, and then you have Acra in like the summer already. Uh, Honestly, uh, like head of the. I mean, there's spots in the Charles where they do the 2,000 meter races there. That's yeah. honestly like the equivalent of fairness that. Schuylkill is at least at least Boston would be straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the basin's windy as shit, but like at least it's straight. Right, but so my plan was to just like see if we couldn't take you know five people to Dadville's and just not completely shit the bed. Yeah, right? don't, don't don't PBL. And then after that, like start getting into the Charles bidding process, and, and you never know. Like especially fifty fifty more or less. Yeah, like and again, it's not that they would do good. It's be like 
almost what? every team I've been on, the goal has been to just retain the bid, right? Just come in the top half. <laughs> Which, I, depending on your race, isn't easy to do. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, uh, you're talking top for your respective, you know, event. That is top 40, depending on how many entries there are. Yeah. And if you're talking junior eights, yeah, that is you're you're talking you're a top forty team in the country. Yeah, and then also out of the country. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's in the clubs club side of it, absolutely. You know, collegiate side as well. That collegiate four, which we did very well, and I would like to add, um, we retained a lot of our bids. I think we were we were top fifteen. What three years in a row in the collegiate the, four? The the men's men's team, collegiate four, the men's team maintained a lot of their bids. I think, um, I feel like the women's team got in on lottery like two years in a row. Yeah, something. they did. They got lucky a couple times. Plus, we'd also enter the collegiate and the club, so you're fifty yeah. fifty. You're probably going to get one of them. Yeah, um, we always raced both, but it was like yeah, we didn't always get all four races. So. Ironically, the club four is actually harder. Oh yeah, because um, you're you're racing some kids that are out of college and trying to kick the shit out of, you know, make a camp if they can. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So I, that this would have been the club Charles, uh, yeah. Head of the Charles that we would have made a, a, or probably put our first bid in, in God knows how many years of that university. Um, I don't think they've been to a dad Vales or let's just say a championship race, a championship tier race. And like, almost eight years and i think they just sent like a pair or something <laughs> uh there's always I will, hoping i will say it, it's hard to win dad bills. it's not hard to go to dad bills and not shit the bed um <laughs> yes you can not get pbl'd very easily like so it, somebody's gotta gotta be in last and it almost always doesn't have to be here. Like if you if you really like all, all you have to do is follow like a simple workout plan and get like a little faster and you know, wrote, or wrote you could, uh, or you could throw your eight together two weeks before the race and not really practice it. <laughs> oh man, Penn State, it's Penn State. So, so, I mean, nobody listens to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. But Penn State is in some some dangerous waters <laughs> right now, technically, uh, because Self, of self inflicted. Yeah, because because somebody didn't notify somebody about something, and now now they're in trouble. But um. It's it that team. It's it blows my mind how many. Like, I think I think Job might oversell the resources that are available to the team. But that being said, it blows my mind how many like things that team has to be good uh-huh. and just doesn't. Just doesn't. Like I, I understand that like you're fighting an uphill battle with the like being a club sport and having to like pretty much fend for yourself and not having support from the university. And then I think people put way too much emphasis on not having a doc that I don't, I don't like. Look, having a doc will be nice, but it's not the reason they're slow. It's not the reason they're slow. Right. And like, we weren't slow. We didn't have a doc. Yeah. I mean, we, we also had a, a very strong coach. Uh, yeah. Which is where but, it starts and stops. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I think that people, uh, don't understand because it's another miserable thing is that it's run by students and like i 
that can be good and that can be very, very, very bad. And I think mostly very bad, mostly very bad. I think the thing with Michigan is they're a club run by students, but like all of their money is in like boats or just handled outside of the school and the club system is my understanding, right? Yes. They have the equivalent of scar and just about everything runs through there. Also, Greg doesn't let the students actually run anything. Like they have to have the positions filled to fulfill something from Michigan itself. But in terms of actual running the team, those kids do nothing. Like Greg is in charge of everything. Yeah. Um, Which is the way it should be. Coaches should be in charge of their team. Well, the the other thing too, is it's like Penn state, uh, other schools, my school, there's a lot of people, there's a handful of people who are like, how do we get fast as a club? It's impossible to be fast as a club. And it's like, it's just, somebody's it's just not. done it. Somebody's look at Delaware, been... look at Michigan. The, the, the wheel's already been made. Like, it's not and like. Uh... He's literally written the book on it. Like, you can go to the Acker website and read what Michigan does. Yeah. And also, also like, for the most part, my understanding is, like, if you, like, if you get in contact with him he'll just like help you out like <laughs> he will he will tell you because he legitimately you know there are people out there and i actually say rowing is one of the few sports that actually i believe this true for almost all coaches if you contact a coach they are going to help they're happy to help you whoa, whoa, they whoa. want you to do well and they want the rowing to get better in general what about hollywood jack <laughs> <laughs> the notorious hollywood jack Oh God, Hollywood Jack. <laughs> um, no, but Greg, Greg is one of those people. He really wants club rowing to be better, and he yeah. wants to help people get their club teams better. Right, and like, so the thing too is like, so Penn State is more or less in the exact same situation as Michigan. Our yeah. water might be further away, and we might not have a dock. But like, as far as like physical, the amount of students that come through the school. 40,000, 45,000 undergrads. The the meat is there for the grinder. Yes. Um, There's that. And then there's like, technically there is, there's always been an alumni board as long as I've been around the team, but like transitioning stuff to them has never been like a thing apparently and now there is a, a, a local program so maybe they'll they'll move stuff over there eventually well that would require the current head coach to not be a giant bitch <laughs> probably but it's just you're like, listening to this laura i'm talking about you it, it it blows my mind that like it's not like they're not for like it's not like they have to go out and forge new ground really it's like somebody's already li- like you said literally written the book on how to do this and how to be fast and stuff and like, I, I mean, it just—I think the it's we've already said it before. It just there's just yeah. excuses, and yeah. I've had many talks with many different coaches. I was actually talking. I have a relatively new coach. She's a nurse, so she hasn't been coaching a ton, and her schedule is a little crazy because she's a relatively new nurse, so she doesn't get a lot of availability. But she comes when she can, and she spent last week. It was just, just like me and her for two hours while we were watching kids erg. And she was just like picking my brain about coaching. I was like, biggest thing I see so many coaches make is just, they just make excuses. It's like every team has issues. I don't care if you're, you know, a brand new team like yours, you're an established team 
like Michigan or your Penn State. Like everybody has their issues and everybody has to overcome. For, I promise you, Harvard has issues. That seems not always going to be smooth sailing. Maybe it's a little smoother than most, but like things happen. <laughs> I think eh. I don't know how long the club program has been around, but like AU had like a varsity program back in like the black and white days. Like I it's just like every coach I see, every coach of a team that I think is not successful for who they are. I'm yeah. not saying every team is capable of winning a national championship. That's not true. Right. right. But like there is a way to find success with what you have. Oh yeah. And so many teams just don't do it. Cause you watch these crews come down and like a, Big example would be a team I used to race in Connecticut. Uh, I won't name the team, but <laughs> it's just like every time I met their coach, it was just like, excuse, excuse. We can't do this because we're too poor. You guys are lucky. You're a really rich team and this and that. Just like, I mean, you're not totally wrong. Like things are a little easier for us, but, you know, because we have slightly better equipment than you. But guess what? You still have eight boats for your kids that you're not filling so it's not like you have a lack of seats maybe you don't have the newest boat that's not slowing you down in the real run you watch the freaking kids come down and look like dog shit they're you know their third varsity second varsity eight still looks like a caterpillar like um well like so an example i have from like high school rowing is like saint joe's prep for people who don't know is uh philadelphia school very fast at rowing more prestigious than their collegiate brothers um <laughs> yeah uh st Joe's prep has a tremendous amount of resources like they have especially at the time they had more resources than uh where i went to high school gonzaga in dc um but like their, their got... coach makes six figures <laughs> yeah put it that way their their head coach of the boys team at st Joe's makes yeah. six figures their I, junior yeah. rowing team I guarantee the Gonzaga coach uh, uh, who came and turned Gonzaga wasn't like in a slump or anything. It was just like an you went from average. good to the best scholastic team in the country. Yes, yes. Like not even close. The best scholastic boys team in the country. Right, and uh, that was the doing of a lot of different coaches, but they were especially headed by one uh, that we're both very familiar with. And like the thing is, at the time. We didn't have, like, we weren't, like, the last time I was there, I helped out, like, coaching for a year. And, like, they were pulling kids off, like, the fucking basketball and, like, football team and shit. Like, that was not the, the Gonzaga I was a part of that started this, like, they they started, like, a winning dynasty at, at the, the old high school national equivalent, right? Like, um, where they, they, they tied the winning record which was set during like world war two by the only team that could participate or some shit. Like <laughs> um, it's and Gonzaga had above average resources, but like there are teams that would blow Gonzaga's resources out of the water. And it's just like, it's, it's the people like putting the effort in and not making excuses to find their success and stuff. And like, I, you know, the team I coach for now, we don't have like high goals, and I think that's a, a problem with Penn State, at least when we were there. Set realistic goals. Yes, uh, our goals were to just like well, like, right now the goal is to survive. I think for almost every team. Yeah, um, just just have people show up for practice. And yeah, and you know when whenever things go back to normal, the our goal is just going to be to to double the team's numbers or like get back to to a good size. 
Right now, for me, my goal is to have kids show up. We'll get them in boats, and I'm going to expect a lot of them when they are rowing, but I'm not going to expect them to be breaking world records. We'll just be rowing well. Yeah. It's, it's like little steps and stuff. And like, I, I tried to do this at Penn state as a coxswain and as a coach, I've done it at American. Uh, but like they like just pulling the team together, whatever, whatever the team is. And like everybody very clearly setting a goal at the beginning of the fall and at the beginning of the spring, like, (laughs) <laughs> what's Especially important like, is that goal should not be results oriented too it should be right. like this is controllable this is something that we should be able to handle you know yeah. don't make it easy to accomplish but right. it should be everyone shows up to practice right <laughs> at yeah. a team yeah. like a, a team like au when you're just trying to get it started is like you need to be here consistently and that's yeah. that's huge for a lot of new teams oh yeah Oh yeah, when people are like, "What do you mean we have to practice six days a week?" and I'm like, "You don't even know, dude." <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I'm starting Carolina quick. Um, no, you're, you're good. I, it's it's like uh, uh, yeah, it's it's just like, hey, let's just show up to practice consistently. Let's, uh, let's you, you start doing that, and then you can start doing more things. But you can't do anything else until you're at practice. Once you're at practice, let's start talking about pulling hard. Well, I'll start talking about <laughs> rowing well first, and then we'll start talking about pulling hard. Oh, man. I don't even think we're going to get, like, really that much water time. So I'm just trying to get them to pull, like, adequate. <laughs> well, that's – but, again, that you're setting a goal for yeah. your situation. For our time and stuff. I mean, so that's the thing is, like, we – I mean, nobody fast, really fast went. But, like, our local middling universities uh, attended – erg sprints which is just like a little local uh erg race right before covid and um like we we won like the the best college or in attendance or some shit because like (laughs) because like everybody else was just like not like they put one or two people out they really didn't like give a shit and it's like okay well like we showed up and we gave a shit and (laughs) we entered everybody in every event we could and you know we won a couple and that's freaking like, 90% of this sport. <laughs> showing up. <laughs> maybe 95, honestly. Just fucking showing up and doing the work. That's, that's nine, I'd say probably, what, 95%? That, that other 5% are the good teams that are doing that work, but they're doing yeah. it better than you. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. You, can, you can become a very, very good team in this sport by just doing it. <laughs> Well, that's that's another thing too. That I think is really interesting about uh, rowing. I think it, it it becomes less and less apparent the higher up you go, um, skill wise. So like top level Olympic stuff. Um, I think it's it's a little less apparent, but especially like high school rowing, and I'd say even college. Like, I think just getting everybody to do the same thing <laughs> at the same time is so much, uh, quote, free speed. I know a phrase you hate. Um, I really hate that phrase, yes. <laughs> For anybody listening, no speed is free. It takes effort. You need to try to get that free speed. Yeah. Showing up to practice is free speed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not free, though. Like You have to show up to practice. Yeah. Like There is a cost involved. Right. But I just mean, um, I just mean that like, there's, I've seen so many teams uh, or 
you know, coaches on, on teams and stuff where it's just like, oh, I just need bigger fucking ergs and, you know, the water part will sort itself out. And you know, er- the exact, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Um, like, yeah. Please, please tell me how long your kids last when you got them rowing like shit. Maybe they go 630 as their sophomore in high school. Yeah. But their back blows out by the time they're a junior. Like, yeah, right. But I think I think that's something that like, back to what I was I was trying to say is that like so I think in that sense rowing is definitely like the most in in my opinion like uh, probably the most uh, team sport where it's like literally the actions of everybody being coordinated is like such a huge factor in the outcome. And I think you see it even more at like lower levels. So like we're, we're especially, especially you know, novice level is the yeah. novice yeah. rowing has nothing to do with how fast your kids are. It has to do with, do they actually row? Okay. Like that's, that is rowing at its purest. Whoever's usually rowing the cleanest at a novice race is going to win. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, maybe, maybe the top three people, then it's starting to get to about, you know, maybe you know the stronger kids win because you're rowing pretty cleanly all three there. But I think I think top level novice rowing is about whoever has the most Germans in their boat. <laughs> well, we don't need to get into men's rowing right now. <laughs> 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 no, but like you said, just like doing things the same. I I remember having a conversation with Pete when we were on the way to the lake one day. Yeah, and we were just you know talking about different styles of rowing, basically. And Pete's like, yeah, it's all bullshit for you on. I'm like, what are you talking about, Pete? He's like, there's got to be a fastest style of rowing. It's like, no, the fastest style of rowing is the one that you do really well. And it's like the one that your team does together. I promise you, if Harvard goes out and backs the boat down the IRA race course and wins, everybody the next year is going to be trying to back the boat down the race course to try to win IRAs. Even though that's not the reason that they won IRAs. It's because they did something better than everybody else and they did it together. Yeah. Now Pete wasn't as eloquent as what I just said, but <laughs> um, you know. But the, the sentiment's true for this sport. You need to you need to be on the same page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like I I hate the whole Australian rowing pause at the finish type shit. And I know a lot of just if there's any rowing coaches, it was like, but we don't pause at high rates. I'm like, I, trust me, you pause at high rates. Slow yeah. your camera down, and you'll see you pause at high rates still. That being said, it's like there's a reason Austra- Australia was dominating the rowing world for the early 2000s because they learned how to get out of the finish better than everybody. And they had Drew Ginn in there, and he kicked the shit out of everybody. Yeah. And then people saw what the Australians were doing and didn't realize what they were actually doing, which was actually not a f- pause at the finish, but that, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, it, it's what works best for you. And like, and then you have to extrapolate as a coach, you have to extrapolate that to like a team and like what you can feasibly get everybody to do with the time you have with them. Yeah. Like that that even goes to your training plan as well. Like the best training plan is the one that you do. Yep. After that, it's about learning from your training plan and trying to make your training plan better year to year and figuring out what works for your particular team. But you know what, if your training plan is, three sprint days a week, one steady state, and then one day where you're playing dodgeball. I promise you, if you stick to that every single day, you're probably going to be better than most teams. Yeah. Now, is that a good training plan? Absolutely not. But I bet you probably break top half in this sport with that training plan. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, 
I think the top end is is absolutely on I'm just for talking collegiate and kind of high school uh, everything really. I think the top end in your divisions as a rower are pretty unattainable unless you are like at the right school or program with the right team and like a perfect training plan and like sticking to it and all that. But and you get the I magic that, that year. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you're Steve Gladstone and you just win every race ever anyways. But I think I think like the the middle I think the middle is attainable for everybody. Pretty much any team. Yeah. Like literally like, any team. It is like it, to me that's not even a question. I think people really underestimate how bad the bottom half of this sport is. Oh yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> We're I'm down there, let me tell you. <laughs> like no, it is it is actually quite insane when you realize like holy yeah. hell, the bottom half of these squads. It's just like it honestly blows my mind that a team could perform that poorly. Yeah. I like so seeing some like other local colleges at at uh my team's level like Erg and stuff or, or Row, I like I'm watching them and I'm like wow like this if we could just get everybody to show up to practice we could blow these people out of the water in like a season <laughs> it's it doesn't take much like put it for my example would be you know as a relatively new coach yeah. you know i i inherited a good team like, i won't pretend i didn't like you know they yeah. have the money the coaches before me taught the kids how to row really well but they didn't have the strength within one year of me being head coach we were they choked at the state championships, but they were actually the fastest crew that year. And they proved it the next week. At Nero's. They blew the other squad out of the water. Um, but it's like after one year, I was already running a state championship team. And that's not to say CPS or is that impressive of a league. It's not. But, yeah. you know, that was our league. That was our goal was to win that championship. And we came damn close to it. And then we did really well the next week at the next you know regional championship. It's like I was a first, second it was my second year coaching my first year full-time as the head coach. And that squad was, that shouldn't happen. Right. You would think that coaches much more experienced than me would be beating the crap out of me. And here I am beating many coaches with much more experience and we were crushing them. Yeah. Well, that too. I mean, like you've, you've been around, like I'm, I'm by no means, uh, uh, anywhere near your level of coaching or probably even in jobs, but like, there's a lot of fucking bad coaches, dude, out oh, there. Oh, like, my God. It's insane. Go to a rowing conference. Like, uh, let me tell you people listening about rowing conferences. <laughs> it is it is insane. Like, you talk to okay. these coaches. And, again, it's excuse me. You talk to people at lunch or something like that, and you go to the bar. And that's not to say every coach there is bad. Like, I go to those conferences because there's really good coaches there to talk to. You get yeah. to go find the Mark Mandels and talk yeah. to them and learn so much about rowing. But you'll talk to a lot of coaches and people that I've personally worked with, and you really see them in that environment. And you're like, oh, we can never do that because of this, this, and this. We can never do that because of this, this. Oh, it's easy for Steve Gladstone to do this because he coaches for Yale. And it's like, look, Yale's the best team because Steve Gladstone does this, this, and this. You need to try to do some semblance of this, this, and this. Yeah. But it's it's always just excuse making, and we'll as soon as you say we can't do this because of this, guess what? You're not going to. Yeah, I mean, like I, it 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 truly blows my mind. Like I, masters is a whole other thing. Like masters is old people hanging out with each other. So like uh, some of them 
take it varying levels of serious. So I get that the masters coaches also take it varying levels of serious, but like, like the, the collegiate coaches and like the, the high school coaches, like I've been around some of them just like, dude, what are you even talking about? Like, like not even the, the excuses for the whole program. I'm like, like just watching them, like trying to, you're watching them coach people or, or telling people how to row or, 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 or putting together boats and stuff like I let's tap Hodes as an example, uh, row more better. Right. Like, <laughs> I think, I think the biggest thing that goes into that and God knows I've got a lot of stories about terrible collegiate rowing coaches, not like Penn state aside, like just terrible <laughs> collegiate rowing coaches. Cause oh, be, yeah. being a division one rowing coach, there is not a prerequisite to that job of being a good coach. You can just be at the right place at the right time to get the job. But anyways, um, no, shit. Where was I going there. with this? Yeah, this is this is when we need the bear because like he might be able to weigh in as to like if high school football is the same thing I, or like I bet it is. Oh, that's where I was going with this. I think every uh I think every coach, at least a lot of the bad coaches, they think their program is special or they need to come up with something special and they just don't and they just aren't. <laughs> like Yeah. Well, this is back to the, the the club rowing thing. It's like somebody already wrote the book. They put it on the internet. Like read it. <laughs> <laughs> read the damn book like it's not it, it's certainly not easy it's not easy to be a coach it's not easy to lead a program I'm, like it's not that these things are easy it's that like if it's your part-time job even full-time job for a lot of people uh well part-time job i'd say for most people full-time job for some like it's a part-time job for me but i treat it as a full <laughs> yeah I, it, it's a part-time job for me and i, I treat it like a part-time job like they they I just want that team to be big enough that they can like afford like a proper full-time coach. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, like it, it blows my mind that like so little effort is put into better understand how to be like a coach by the, some of these people. <laughs> well, I think it's hysterical. Like I was just saying the rowing conferences is like you get these coaches and they go to the conference to go learn and be a better coach. Right. At least you would think right. so. Yeah. And that's why I personally go because there's people there that know a hell of a lot more than I do. Like, I'm not going to yeah. go to a, a lecture by Mike Tady and tell him he's doing something wrong, which I have actually yeah. seen happen. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it's like, go and go learn. Yeah. You know, go learn from these coaches. And then they just, they just don't. Like, they go there and they're like, oh, I, I can't do that in my program. It's like, well, maybe you can't do that thing. But did you get the lesson behind that thing? Didn't you say, um, like, Mark got a lot of pushback from people or something? Or you heard people say, like, dumb shit? (laughs) I hear – so, especially since I always talk about Mark, because I've been on the water with the guy. I've, you know, heard stories from you of other rowers as well. You know, Trey. And just, like, clearly this man's doing something right. His rowers freaking love him. He was getting fourth at Youth Nats with a scholastic team which is just insanely impressive. You shouldn't be able to do that because the club teams have way more advantages than you do. Um, There we go. I'm making excuses, but um, (laughs) you know, but realistic, most classic teams probably shouldn't be competing on that level. So it's like, I always talked about how great Mark Mandel is and, you know, going to his conferences. I've been to any talk that I've been to. If he's, if he's talking at a conference, I go to that talk. I don't care who else is talking. Like it could be Mike Tatey and Steve Gladstone giving each other blowjobs. I'd still go to the Mark Mandel 
talk. <laughs> but, but ask somebody to film the blowjobs for you. Yeah, yeah, I do want to see that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Amazing. like I've I've had a lot of coaches. Like I'll talk about it. It's like you want to learn, go to this talk by Mark. And then all the people they they've gone like, well, that was good and all, but you know, Gonzaga this, Gonzaga that. I'm like, no, you don't understand the whole picture. It's like yeah. I, I get pushback. It's like you're talking about a guy that brought a scholastic team to get fourth at youth nats. And you're yeah, you're fun. you're trying to freaking uh, question that, and you got yeah, what was it, semifinals at Henley? Yeah, got pretty far at Henley too. <laughs> like, it's just like it it does blow my mind how many coaches like they question other coaches that are just way more successful than they are. Yeah, he, he took that pair pretty far. Um, yeah, was they got fourth at Junior Worlds in that pair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Going against kids that have been training in that pair all year, they've been training in that pair for a couple months. Yeah, the summer. <laughs> uh, those kids were like insane. Like, well, they both I, went to I, Harvard, so yeah. I, Mark saw the talent and like was was uh, has was working with those kids like their whole time. Yeah, but, like, well, they were on six hundred one as juniors, so <laughs> yeah. One of the kids was ex basketball. Like he he didn't make the basketball team, and I oh, fuck was he? I think he might have been an a sophomore when I coached there. That sounds about uh, right. He like, I think he was still like, man, I don't know. Maybe I'll try out for basketball again. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Go get a full ride somewhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, th- those kids were nuts. Uh, I'm sure we've completely isolated every listener that isn't J-O-B. Um, I, we should actually tell J-O-B to listen to this one. He'd probably enjoy it. <laughs> some, some good road, road. Uh, I was going to say music, road, road radio for, for J-O-B, but uh yeah, how do you uh, do? You, anything you want to close out on? I, I we talked about rowing the whole time. We didn't touch any of the other topics. It's fine by me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm always happy to talk about rowing. God knows, Flyers gets enough of it, so she's probably happy to let me vent to somebody else. <laughs> um, World. Yeah, I would say you know just to close out here. If you're really looking to like get better at coaching, anybody listening to this, I yeah. highly recommend this game called Stratego. Okay. Um, so you get these pieces and like, you know, rowing, you've got certain people that can do certain things, right? Right. So that's a lot what this game is. You know, you've got your one piece, your two piece, your three, all the way up to your 10. And, you know, they do different things and you've got to use them strategically in different ways. And then ultimately try to beat your opponent by capturing their flag. And they also have different different strategies as well so you know it's just a game that really gets you to strategically think about placements and how you're going to put certain personalities together and just right. i think it's a good way to train your brain you know a little fun off the water activity all right I'll, maybe recommend it to some of the uh, the local coaches <laughs> can you imagine walking around <laughs> you guys should play stratego you'll get better at coaching uh, one one quick aside, um, I have a Gmail account associated with this podcast, and I joined one of the the coaches' meetings, and it automatically used guys being dudes <laughs> instead of my X Max, my normal one. Yeah. And who is this? And I was like, Oh, it's 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 me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm logged into my friend's account, is what I said. That's freaking funny. I could see I could see some of the other dudes, uh, like coaches, just like laughing, <laughs> <laughs> like muted in their like. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs>